Hi everyone, I'm Dave Chapman and you're listening to The Science of Social Media, a weekly social media podcast from Buffer, covering all the latest stories, insights, experimentation and learnings to help you and your brand succeed online. Welcome to episode 186. I'm Bonnie Porter, and as you might have heard last week, we're working on a brand new 10 times version of the science of social media. We can't wait to share it with you in just a few weeks. In the meantime, we wanted to revisit a really popular episode on microcopy. Copywriting is one of the most essential skills for a marketer to have. Good copy is everywhere. Websites, advertisements, blog posts, and especially on social media. In this episode, we'll give you the tools to write exceptional copy for even the tiniest of things on social. Captions, tweets, stories, and more. Let's jump right in. Social media copywriting where to begin. There are so many different elements that make for great captions, tweets, and text. We'll get into the art and science of good writing in a moment, but let's start with some of the fundamentals. First, what's the best length for your social media copy? We sometimes bristle a little bit at the notion of best, only because best seems to be more and more relative to each particular social media account today. Your best length of post is unique to you and is based on your social media stats. That being said, when you look in aggregate, These are some good guidelines and starting points for you to test with. On Facebook, several studies have found that statuses around 40 to 80 characters typically perform best. The sentence I just spoke was write about 80 characters if that helps you imagine kind of how long you should be writing. Headlines for Facebook ads are even shorter. An Ad Espresso study found that the most popular headline length for ads was just five words. Five words is not very much. (laughs) We'll post the full list of Facebook character limits in the show notes at buffer.com forward slash podcast so that you can see exactly where your guardrails are and be sure to hop over uh, to see that full breakdown. I'm going to share just a few of these and you'll be able to find that full list over there. So Facebook posts can be 63,206 characters, no penalty for using images or videos. Facebook usernames can be 50 characters. Facebook page descriptions, 155 characters, and there's a whole lot more. So definitely hop over to buffer.com forward slash podcast and check out those show notes for the full breakdown. It's really handy to know where your room is to like get your copy in and, and get descriptive. And for your Instagram captions, you can write really long. The caption limit is 2,200 characters. Again, your particular best length will be unique to you. But if you're looking for a place to start, the team at Social Report found that captions less than 125 characters do best. This doesn't necessarily include hashtags either. Many brands add multiple hashtags either to their caption or to the first comment of their post. And best practices range anywhere from four to nine hashtags being ideal. We recently launched a feature within Buffer that lets you save hashtag groups to use again. You can start a free trial at buffer.com to give that a try. And for the limits that are available when you're working with Instagram ads, head over to our show notes along with all the Facebook details, and we've got a full breakdown for you there. On Twitter, you have up to 280 characters to use. The most common length for tweets are somewhere between 71 and 100 characters. So let's break down some of the other character limits on Twitter. Your tweet, as I mentioned, can be 280 characters. Twitter direct messages can be 10,000 characters. Your Twitter handle can be 15 characters. Twitter profile name, 20 characters. And items that are excluded from those above character counts are going to be your Twitter handle at the beginning of a reply, direct message, deep links, and images. 
And on Pinterest, you can write a title and description for your pin. For the title, you have up to 100 characters to use and the description, you get 500 characters. One thing that is helpful to note is that the first 50 to 60 characters are most likely to show up in people's feeds. And if you don't put in a title, then the people are going to see your description instead. So it's definitely important to key in on those first words in your description. Okay, now that you know the boundaries for your copy on social media, let's talk about a couple more social specific copywriting tips. These tie directly into your social media strategy too, so they shouldn't be too much of a stretch. Our first deals with how you plan out your content. So what's your process for coming up with social media copy? We often think about the visuals as being the primary asset in a great social media post, but what if you started with the copywriting first? Well, it might not be the way that everyone does it, but those that do, they swear by this process. On her blog, Carola Carlson shares her four-step process, which features copy before visuals. So step one, plan what you want to say. Step two, plan the exact wording. Step three, develop the post design. And step four, upload and publish your message. Words before design. That's brilliant. Oh, I love that. Yes, you can definitely experiment with the order in which you set things up. Feel free to reach out to us on social with the hashtag Buffer Podcast and let us know how you do it. All right, the second thing to be aware of with social media copywriting is to pay attention to trending content. These trends can be incredibly helpful for that initial stage of planning what to say. For instance, you can check out a social media event calendar to see what's happening this week, or you can even eye a section like Twitter's trends to see what people are talking about right now. This can be especially useful when you're planning the exact wording of what to say because you might want to incorporate a popular hashtag or maybe some new internet lingo. <laughs> Staying on top of the social trends will help your copy feel relevant and memorable across all of your channels. Right, absolutely. One more thought on hashtags and keywords. On social media, these matter a lot for helping your content get discovered. This is where discoverability and copywriting combine. You need to be thinking about both. Of course, there can definitely be times when you opt for a more clever wording over a clear keyword, and that's okay, especially if it fits your brand voice, and particularly on personality-rich places like Twitter and Instagram. When you're optimizing for discoverability and search, for instance, on a site like Pinterest, you want to consider your keywords and hashtags. Pinterest engineer Heath Finnicum recently shared how Pinterest AI comes up with keywords based on what you write in your captions, so it pays to be clear. Absolutely. I think it's a great tip about finding your brand voice and really using kind of personality rich words and things like that that fit your brand. And while we're on the topic of social specific copywriting, I want to mention a couple quick formatting tips too. You can use caps lock to highlight certain words in your text. This is a favorite one for me. Line spacing can help split long paragraphs into multiple text blocks. This makes it a little bit more digestible. Same goes with bullet points and emojis. These can help break up those blocks of text. And on Twitter in particular, our best performing tweets use a line break and then an emoji as a bullet point as the start of each new line. Okay, we have some really cool copywriting techniques to get to next. Things like copy formulas and literary devices. So let's take a quick music break and then jump right in. Welcome back. Okay, let's jump into some of the specific ways to write great stuff on social media. Now, with social media copy being so short and sweet compared to, say, a blog post, you really need to make every word count. 
Fortunately, there is some science behind choosing a single great word or making up one of your own, something I love to do. The word might be a power word, one of those catchy words that converts and gets people to click, or maybe it's just a word that sounds cool. We'll link to a complete list of our favorite power words in the show notes. Super quick, we'll mention that the five most persuasive words in the English language are you, free, because, instantly, new. We love a few catchy ones like suddenly, remarkable, and announcing too. Oh, I'm definitely feeling the power. All right, let's come back to the concept of cool sounding words. So how do you find cool sounding words? One way is to consider the specific letters in the words that you're using, particularly when it comes to stop consonants and glide consonants. Stop consonants are those that cause the vocal tract to block when pronouncing the consonant, and glide consonants do not obstruct the vocal tract and are quite frictionless when spoken. If you're thinking, huh? We were too. It's a bit confusing until you hear some examples. So here's an example that uses stop consonants. See if you can hear the staccato rhythm. Somewhere a ponderous tower clock slowly dropped a dozen strokes into the gloom. And that's from James Thurber, the wonderful O. And here's one that uses glide consonants. Hopefully you can hear a smoother flow. Time flows over us, but leaves its shadow behind. And that's from Nathaniel Hawthorne. Oh, that's so nice and smooth. I love that second one. The effect of a stop consonant is to slow the flow of a word or sentence, thereby bringing a certain focus to a particular word or phrase. Stop consonants help highlight what comes next. Stop consonants are going to include T, D, K, G, B, and P. Glide consonants, on the other hand, can lead to a really smooth flow from word to word and in the greater context of a sentence or paragraph. Glide consonants include L, R, J, and W. All right, so now that we know how words are constructed to sound good and capture attention, next comes the work of putting the right words together to make a great caption. There are some interesting literary devices that we can use here. We'll link to a bunch in the show notes, and one that I wanted to point out in particular is parallelism. With parallelism, you repeat words and sentence structures in a strategic way. There's a really cool and catchy rhythm to this type of writing, and here's an example of one that you might have heard. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. Now, one of the most interesting parts of writing great captions is knowing where to put your strongest words and sentences. Do you put them at the beginning, the middle, or the end? One way we like to think of it is that you want to guide your reader through your text. And in order to do this, you need to capture their attention first. So you can do this by using a power word, as we mentioned, to get started or by placing your key message in the first sentence, or by using short B sentences to start a paragraph. B sentences are going to be those simple ones that include a B verb like am, is, are, was, were, be, being, been. Once you have your reader hooked, you can keep them interested in the caption by using some of the methods we mentioned earlier about catchy words and phrases. Then, when you get to the end, try a climax expression. Basically, whatever your most important phrase is within your sentence, have it come last. Another way to capture people's attention is to try some proven copywriting formulas. There are a bunch to choose from, and we'll run through a few of our favorites and link to a bunch of others in the show notes. The first one is going to be if then. As you can probably tell, this formula is going to begin with an if statement. If you have this particular need, and then it follows with a then, then here's the solution. 
A lot of these formulas are great because they speak to a specific need or behavior of the reader. And another one we love is what most people do. The hook of this formula is that unfortunately people might be doing the wrong thing, but that's okay. Your copy is here to show the right way. An example of this might be, what most people do about writing social media captions is think of them as an afterthought. Yikes. Here's why you should think copy first. That's a great one. Another popular construct is to get people to dream about the future. So formulas like imagine if can be really effective. And a related one is the phrase, you're standing at a crossroads. This makes the reader feel like they're at a decision-making point, and then your copy can help them make that decision. We're also big fans of the before-after bridge formula. The way it works is that you show your audience what life is like right now, then show them how things could be better afterwards. Then bridge the two by explaining how your solution can help. We use before-after bridge a lot with our blog post introductions too. Absolutely. We could go on and on for hours about formulas and copywriting tips, but I imagine that this is probably quite enough for you to chew on for one day. So we will link to a bunch of other additional resources in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning into the Science of Social Media today. As always, we deeply appreciate your kind ratings and reviews on iTunes. If you'd ever like to get in touch with myself or Heather May, we're always here for you on social media at the hashtag Buffer Podcast. You can also send us an email anytime at hello at buffer.com. We have lots of great episodes lined up for you in the next couple of weeks. We are looking forward to next Monday, everyone.